Hello, welcome back to another episode of Andrew Barnett's Crowdwork Cast. Uh, this week's episode, Julia Wilson. Uh, Julia is a Sydney-based comedian who is, she's very funny, she's a good mate of mine, she's always fun to be around, uh, and I think that comes across in the conversation you'll hear today. Um, firstly, with this, I need to uh, issue a quick apology, um, firstly, for not having an episode up last week. Uh, this episode was supposed to be up last week, however, due to some unforeseen circumstances uh, regarding some sick children, uh, my sick kids, not just general sick kids, um, they uh, that just wasn't able to happen. So I, I'm really sorry about that and uh, I'll be more organised in the future. Uh, that said, I think this episode was worth waiting for. Uh, Julie is one of my good mates. We're actually doing a show together at the Sydney Fringe Festival as part of the Fringe Comedy Program. Um, so if you listen to this and you think, gee, that was that was quite a good chat and I'd, I'd love to see them go uh, do a bit of stand-up comedy, um, our show is called Roll, Re- Roll Reversal. Uh, it's on at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville. Uh, we're on on the 7th, 9th and 11th of September at 8.15pm. Uh, I believe tickets on the Thursday and, uh, sorry, for the... Wednesday and Sunday show, that is the 7th and 11th, are about 10 bucks each. And then the 9th, I think, is 15 because uh, that's a Friday night and uh, that's not cheap, all right, guys? But anyway, um, that, that'll be a good show. Uh, so if you enjoyed this conversation, uh, please come along to that. But uh, without any further ado or me trying to sell stuff, uh, let's get into the episode. This is episode three with Julia Wilson. <laughs> I think that was the first word, dickhead. No, it wasn't quite, but I can edit it to be that one. <laughs> dickhead. Dickhead. Um, <laughs> all right. New episode. And so, what's your name? My name's Julia Wilson. Julia Wilson. And uh, where are you from, Julia? I am a Sydney-based comedian. You are a Sydney-based comedian? Yeah, who's travelled all around the world doing the jokes, but uh, back in Sydney now. Now... You, uh, you're living at the moment back where you grew up. Yeah, that's fun. And you should try is... that. Try moving back to your your family area. Yeah, I, for me that'd be difficult because my family area moved around a bit. Where oh, my really? if I moved back to where I spent most of my childhood, I'd be the only one there <laughs> for my family. I grew for up like on the northern eight hundred k's northern beaches of Sydney, which is a very insular little population. I've always thought of you as that northern. Yeah, beaches I don't. Princess. I come across as that little. Oh, oh my god, it is so <laughs> fabulous. Have you had Botox this week? Oh, my, that's they're the people that I run into, and I just go, no, go away, stop. The Northern Beaches is interesting because it strikes me as a real mix of the upwardly mobile and the <laughs> we're here because we've been here Forever for generations. You can fuck right off with your latte sipping bocchinos, yes. whatever they call them. You should hear them when the oldies confuse whatever the the current trend is. It is hilarious. Oh. God bless them. Now, and that's that's the thing. I, I so is your family been there for a while? Or? Yeah, mum and dad actually. Dad's a Sydney boy. Mum's from Melbourne. When they decided to get married and buy a house, they had to choose between Coogee Beach, where Dad grew up, or Manly Beach, where the property was cheaper. So they bought in Manly. Isn't it interesting that you your parents went to Manly? I know because the property was cheaper. I know, and now it's like the snootiest. It's hilarious. So I look, I grew up there, right? Went to high school there. Uh, I was a bouncer there for a lot of years, and then oh, I. We're not skimming over that bouncer thing. We'll come back to that, by the way. <laughs> then I went away for years and years. And now I, uh, whenever I head back, I run into people that I played basketball against or softball against or I went to high school, one of my high schools with. Or I, I don't know. Once again, we're coming back to one of your high schools. <laughs> you know, fuck someone's brother or something like that. You know, that, that kind of thing. You're like, oh, yeah, well, there's a, we know each other from back in the day, right? And some people just haven't changed at all. And others are just, they've realized that it's a really expensive suburb to live in now. And they've taken on this affectation of just, <laughs> oh. I go, you didn't sound like that at high school. What's fucking wrong with you? It's it's interesting. It strikes me as a place. It's I I consider it the Sutherland Shire of the North. <laughs> we um, call it the Insular Peninsula. Yes, it, it is. It's it's insular, it really and it's is. a lot like it's a lot like where my folks are now, where I finished high school in Newcastle. In that, it's it's big enough that if you don't want to leave, you never really have to. Mm. And it's nice enough that if you don't want to leave, you never really have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, 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 oh, it's a, a beautiful... Geographically, it's gorgeous. Mm. It's just if you happen to walk down the street, 
the time you get from one end of Manly Corso to the other, there's going to be at least one person you will have wanted to have punched in the face. Like, guaranteed. There'll be someone that you're like, mate, you know, with your pressed linen suit, just fuck right off. Yeah, and so, yeah, not people necessarily you know. No, no, you just, you, no, no, time. no, you just look at someone and go, dude, just, just no. Just, because they look at me like I'm bringing the price of the real estate down. I've always got no shoes on. I'm wandering along in boardies and a t-shirt or something like that. And they just look at me like, oh. I piss off, man. I've been here forever. You... Yeah, you've been here since the price of the real estate was down. Yeah, I've been here since we're all scumbags who surf before school. <laughs> You're yeah. the dickheads that have moved in and all of a sudden your Range Rover doesn't fit in the car spots and it's somehow the council's fault, you fucking idiots. So you went, um, You said you went away. What, like yeah, not how away long? in the jail sense, away in the travelling sense. <laughs> I was never going to be that direct with the question. Yeah. Which away did you go? You left You left the, uh, the Northern Beaches. I did. I You're escaped. A... Gone for a while? Yeah. So I buggered off to... I had this nice little circuit going once I started comedy. Actually, I went away in 96. I buggered off for a year just to do that backpacking thing where you have no money and you decide to be broke in eight different countries in a row. It's a terrible idea. I highly advise take money with you if you're going to go traveling. If you don't mind me asking, um, because I know ladies sometimes are sensitive (laughs) about these issues. Um, 96, how old are we talking when you're backpacking? Uh, Oh, it would have been 21 at 96. Yeah. So it was a good, good age to be... Because also... Appropriate age to be doing that. Growing up in the Northern Beaches, you're so... It was such... Like, it's not just insular peninsula in terms of people don't travel. You're not exposed to... Like, I, I think... I think I was in year 11 in, at school before I met an Indigenous person. Like, it was... You're just not exposed to ethnic diversity. You're not exposed to anything. And even once I became a bouncer when I turned 18, I was working with, you know, Samoans, Fijians, Tongans, Maoris, and I was the most, um, the person who'd been exposed to most cultures out of my entire group. It was hilarious. Yeah, that's, it's funny because I am, I, I grew up, I grew up mostly, my, when we, when I was about 16, we moved to Newcastle, but before that I was out in the country. And it's funny for me, I compare Newcastle to where, where I'd lived before that, a little place called Corowa, which is out um, in the sticks, uh, yeah, it's just west of Albury. It's about five and a half thousand people. I oh, see. That's that's a that's small enough that you can probably have a couple of girlfriends. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was it was a small town, and like the lots of like in my high school, like you know, there was five hundred between wow. five and six hundred kids in the whole in the whole school. But it was the kind of place where like a lot of those kids were like come in from you know farms around the area. It was it was. The big town that those kids had come into. Um, <laughs> you didn't realize you were in the uh, you in the big smoke there. Uh, no, I didn't even. It never felt to me like anything different. Like I didn't realize I was living in a small town for yeah. a lot of it because it's just life. But it's interesting comparing that town where most of the most of the guys I grew up with, um, when they finished high school, you had to either go away to uni or if you didn't have a job in town, you had to move away to do something. Yeah, you can't so, just hang at home. Yeah, exactly. Not so in a small town people will look at you and go, "What are you doing?" Yes. Get out, whereas you can kind of bludge in the city and no one well, really notices. That's the thing. My, my friends in Newcastle, a lot of them like work, live and work still in Newcastle. Yeah. Whereas opposed to my friends from, from Corowa, they're living all over the world. Yeah. And Everyone's that, from Corowa. No one lives there. Yeah, because you, <laughs> you, you get to an age where the town either kicks you out for a bit or just kicks you out yeah. and you, you don't come back. But I remember yeah. being completely shocked going from like Northern Beaches of Sydney Rocking up to London and just going, oh fuck, I might have made a bit of a mistake here. And I'd, I'd, um, I decided I had these like grand plan of where I was going to go, and then I got there and went, oh, I actually don't have enough money to do that. Oh, and I actually don't have any clue how I'm going to get. I hadn't caught a train until I was, I reckon, the year two thousand was the first time I caught a train. I just are you for real? I wish I was joking. Was... I'd caught trains before that, and the train didn't even come to Coral anymore. <laughs> there were no trains on the northern beaches. I got the ferry everywhere. Or the big thing was, as soon as you got turned sixteen, you got your L's, and you saved up for a shitty old bomb car. And as soon as you got turned seventeen, you got a car, and everyone drove everywhere. Well, that's the thing too. Is uh, yeah, growing up in the country, I we we did the same thing. I took my P's P's test on the day that you turned seventeen. On the day Me I too. Turned seventeen. When I, no I, way I meet I people now. I'm forty one. I meet people now that still don't drive, and I just go, I don't understand. How do you? No. How do you survive? How do you? How do you go to the pub? I just honestly, I, I can't. I can't yeah. grasp it. Advocating driving to the Absolutely. pub. Absolutely. Great yeah. work. <laughs> how do you go to Dan Murphy's and stock up the boot? I don't get it. Like I just, I, I genuinely can't comprehend how you get around. So I moved to the UK and then went. Oh, geez, this is petrol's really expensive. Cars are really cheap. But petrol's super expensive. Train is just exorbitantly expensive compared to Australia. Oh, really? Yeah, really, like, super duper. Uh, and I was going, I don't know how I'm going to get around. Gee, the only option really is a motorbike, except I've never ridden a motorbike. 
Uh, or the weekend before I went away, I had a crack on a trail bike, never took it out of first, went about 50 metres, and that I'm like, yeah, that'll do me. I'll probably kill myself. Don't need to travel around the world in a cast. I'm, I won't push my odds on that one. Get over there and just go, Jesus, there's no other way of getting around other than being on a motorbike. And I went, you know what? I know bikers. They're just not that smart. It can't be that hard. And that was the entire basis. So I spent 300 quid on a bike, a little CD250, little Honda Dream put all my backpack on it, strapped it all up and just went, right, I'm off. <laughs> just took myself off on this little adventure. How I didn't kill myself. Now I've been riding for a long time. I know how to ride. How I didn't kill myself back then, I, it's a bloody mystery to me. There's nothing like the confidence of youth. Yeah, yeah. Confidence slash stupidity. Just going, oh, how hard can it be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, I, that's one of the things I think, like you look at the risk taking, you know, that mm. young people do and you go now like, oh man, I don't, don't know. if I do that. But then also like just, Every now and then I go, geez, I wish I didn't have the the sense of consequence that yeah. uh, I now Gee, have. Gee, I wish I didn't care if I spent the next six months in plaster from head to toe, whereas now that's a big deal. Yeah. There was an age where I just went, ah, get some reading done. Yeah, six months. What, <laughs> yeah, what's six sweet. months? Sweet. Now I go, oh, shit, six months. And I don't I don't heal as fast as I used to. I've definitely learned that over the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. I used to bounce back in a heartbeat. Now it takes me three weeks to get over an ankle strain. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's... it's uh, <laughs> So, so you you took off to London. This is the first time you took to London. Yep, ninety six. Backpacking. Yep. And how long were you? How long were you away? That I think time? I was away eight or nine months, all up, which is a fair time for someone who got homesick on school camp in year seven. Like you know, you know, you meet kids that just their parents go off. You go then. You're off on school camp. They're like later, Gator, and they're gone. I was like, I don't want to go away from home for three nights. I'd, I'd imagine take... your school camp was like at Palm Beach or something too. You probably <laughs> oh, it was six pretty. Yeah, it was the basement. Um, which is a lovely little, you know, park area where we were uh, camping in a deer farm. Like it was all, we were just one song away from being a Disney movie. It was terrible. I remember, I remember my brothers went went away for camp one year when we were in primary school. I can't really, might have been year four or five, but um, where they'd planned to go had fallen through. So they went to uh, Bindaree, uh, which sounds nice, except it was the caravan park at the uh, northern <laughs> end of town. Uh, down near the river and a little lagoon there. and uh, Seriously, in town? Yeah, yeah. That's we, awesome. Uh, we could go visit him of an afternoon <laughs> if we wanted. <laughs> He's three nights on school camp. That's hilarious. So, yeah, for someone who got homesick, you know, being away from home for three nights, uh, the idea of moving to the other side of the world and then just just taking off on this trek on this little just motorbike. Just giving it a bash. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. it, it what made me laugh is just going... Oh yeah, I don't know what that town does, but I'll have a look and get there and kind of go right. There's absolutely nothing here, and I've always, um, I've always given massive cities a wide berth if I can. Like I've lived in London, I've lived in Sydney, I've li- you know those kind of places. If you've got to live and work there, you live and work there. But if I'm being a tourist, just steer as well clear as I can. I'm the dickhead who pull up on the bike and go, "There's a dirt track, and there's a bitumen road. I think I'll take the dirt track, even yeah. though." <laughs> I like that. I remember going to visit my brother years ago when he was running a pub in country Victoria. And so my cousin and I went to visit him because he had accommodation on premises, and uh, that sounded like a great place. To, oh, money to spend for a jam! Few days. <laughs> and um, but we we literally got the map out and to to find the way because this is before we had GPSs. Um, oh, they existed. We just we used to work at I won't be told where to go by machine. That's yeah. insane. So we, we literally went into the servo, bought a map. And found the smallest looking roads. Yeah, the one that's just made up of dots. And you go, oh, that's, that, there's a story behind that. Let's go. Yeah, it was great. It was like, you know, when you're going across a cattle grid and you're not sure if you're on private property, <laughs> that's when you know you're having fun. Is a dude going to come out with a shoddy and go, keep moving, Tiger? Yeah. Oh, okay, yep, no worries. I love that sort of stuff. Even now, when I'm on tour out, last tour I did was out in um, central Queensland. And I'd leave my tour manager at the hotel and just go, because, you, you know, it's just, I don't know, have you done many road road tours where it's just you, your tour manager, it's your show that you're touring instead of like a road show type thing? You end up spending every second of every day together and you end up, you know, I'm the one funding it because it's my show. So you end up getting one hotel room between the two of you. So you're literally just staring at each other's head for 24 hours a day. And I, I haven't even had partners I want to spend that much time with, let alone a tour manager. So I always just go, yeah, you're, you're staying here for today or doing whatever you want to do. I'm taking my car and I'm pissing off into the bush. Yeah, I and just find an adventure. I totally get that because I've got kids and I love them. But <laughs> one rainy day, and I'm like, I'm nah, out. Thank you go. and good night. <laughs> well, I found myself out in. Um, oh, I was outside of. I want to say Rockhampton. Oh, I don't know. I was in the middle of nowhere, 
and um, got away from the city itself and just, I was like, oh, there's a nice little creek. I might just have a little bit of a sunbake in the creek. Found out later that there's like snakes everywhere and there's, the <laughs> water's got some bloody parasite thing. That I was like, you oh, know, I was nudie swimming in that. No, nothing bit me. I'm fine. Yeah. But but I'm a firm believer that if, if you don't know and you go and do it, you're probably going to be fine. Whereas if you do know and you do it anyway, you're going to break everything and get killed by everything. Yeah, especially if, especially if you find out like... That's when, that's when, oh, that water's not clean. That's when the itches start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I can feel it. I can feel it on me. Get them off. Yeah. If I've done something stupid like that and I'm showing no symptoms, don't bother telling me. Yeah, exactly. It's only going to get up in my head. (laughs) Nothing, nothing will have changed except you're fucking with my head, you bastards. But yeah, that sort of stuff I love. So when I got back from the UK, um, I became a security guard. I was already being a bouncer from, so I became a bouncer as soon as I turned 18, which was awesome fun. What draws you into that? Oh, just a massive surge of aggression and violence. I loved it. Yeah, because girls aren't allowed to be violent in today's society. It's not really an accepted gotta, thing. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to alarm you, but either are men really in today's <laughs> society. But when you're getting paid to stand on the door of a pub, and if and it's literally if you see some bloke bullying another bloke, you got to take the bully out. And I'm like, sweet, I'm allowed to get into fistfights every night. Now let me put a little little disclaimer on that. Um, I'm not that violent person anymore. Um, I've calmed right down, but not any less either. Though. <laughs> Age 18 to 28, nothing made me happier than to be right in the thick of it. Absolutely loved it. So I worked five nights a week on the door, just getting into strife. But never ever as the bully, always as the, uh, that bloke just smacked his missus or that guy just punched that little guy who was telling him he couldn't play pool there or whatever it was. There was always someone, you know, being a dick to somebody else. Like you get to, the excuse to get to just step in like in the the comic book superhero scenario. (laughs) There's trouble. Batman is needed. (laughs) I better go sort that out. It was great. And I also, I worked in live venues. So I got to watch all these amazing, massive bands now that were just no ones from Nowhereville when they first started out. I remember seeing Machine Gun Fellatio when there was like 15 people in the audience. And, uh, you know, when they had their last tour, it was, you know, selling out 10,000 people venues and stuff like, you know, bands that no one had ever heard of. I'm like, oh, I reckon I remember going, oh, these guys are going to be great. Never hearing from them again. And then I remember watching one band and just going, oh, these blokes are shit house. They're never like, this will be their only tour of Australia, said she about Blink-182. And just went, they're awful. Oh, wow. They're fucking terrible. Like it just, they, and they were in their first tour of Australia. They were just playing pubs and they were. It was just awful. You're telling me punk musicians that weren't that... Uh, I know. Who to thunk it? musicians. What? <laughs> they were literally, it sounded like they were racing each other to the end of the song and they were all playing a different song. That's what it sounded like to me. I'm standing at the back of the room and I'm not a great musician, but I know enough to know that's shit out. And so I'm standing there going, fuck, thank God we'll never have to hear from these dickheads again. And all of a sudden, Sony picked him up. Next time they're playing Australia, they're playing the entertainment centre. I was like, oh, clearly I know what I'm talking about. I am, you know, the guru of music. <laughs> That's, uh, so how long, how long, when did you start comedy? 26. 26. So you'd been a bouncer, what's that point, eight years? Eight years, yeah. And so it didn't take long from when I first started to when I started getting paid work. And I went, oh... Yeah, look, I love being a bouncer, but all I have to do to be a comedian is be able to talk. I can have broken arms and legs. I can have a black eye. I can have all that. But if I get my jaw broken and I can't talk, I can't do this awesome comedy thing I've discovered. So I gave away door work. And by then I'd kind of lost my passion. Yeah, I'd lost the real anger. I'd lost the real. And I'm a firm believer that the second that you're hesitating over stuff, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's definitely the case. I've but. watched mates of mine that were, that are in like high stress jobs, and then as soon as they start having kids, they're just like, I can't do this anymore because this, I'm about to go busting through a door. I'm about to take this bike around the track, and I'm thinking, oh, if I if I wipe out on this corner, no one no one's going to protect my kids. And all of a sudden, you once you know that I hesitation, got income insurance. Yeah, yeah, that kind what of stuff. What am I going to do? Who's going to look after the kids? Yeah. Oh my god. So I've yeah, got funeral insurance. I think what, as soon as you blink, you're going to get hurt. So I went. I'm um, starting to. And look, there's, let's blink. face it, you do some of the, especially early on, you do some of the rougher gigs. There's still the opportunity to get in a fight if oh, you God, really yes. want to. Yeah. <laughs> there so. was, I did actually just on, on Thursday night, I did threaten to punch an audience member in the face, but you know. Yeah, I, I, I am familiar with the, uh, the gig you're referring to and I've done the same gig. And uh, What made me laugh is it was such an exclusive area that I guarantee you this bloke had never had a threat of physical violence on him in his life, which is why he sat perfectly still for like 10 minutes and didn't say a word. <laughs> oh, and if he had, it was uh, surely not um, from Oh, he would have been texting his lawyer for sure. <laughs> oh my God, there's this girl picking on me. Yeah, I've, just, uh, I've, I've had my physical presence threatened. 
well, you know what made me laugh the most out of that gig? So it was a, to set the scene, it's a, a snooty exclusive, um, and not the Northern Beaches, but should have been a restaurant that they have comedy in. And when this group up the back who didn't want to be quiet and wouldn't be quiet, when I said to them, so they're, they're friends of the owners or managers, when I said to them, guys, obviously you don't want to hear comedy, but if you could just keep it down while the acts are on, because they were being fairly nice while I was on. And the guy up back goes, uh, we're funnier actually up here. And, uh, I tried to rein it in. My brain went, don't say that. But sadly, my mouth overrules my brain every time. And I said, mate, I doubt it very highly that you're funnier than what's happening up here, but I guarantee you I'm a better fighter, so shut the fuck up. Uh, And he just went, and then that was it. He just didn't, there was nothing for 10 minutes. He did not move. And I thought, so you've just threatened to punch probably a lawyer in the face. That's not a smart idea. Don't, Don't do that. But uh, as yeah, I walked out, there was a guy on the phone going, well, we'll sue them for defamation of character. Like, there was actually... I guarantee you, though, that uh, if that guy was a lawyer, not a criminal lawyer... <laughs> no, uh, you're right. He would have he... been like... Uh, I'm know... in mergers and acquisitions. <laughs> yeah. I think you're fine. I'm in uh, intellectual property. Thanks very much. Or yeah. something like that. <laughs> something less less impact, but more complicated. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah, so I was a dorm until I was 28. Um uh, finished that because comedy started to take off. And I think I left Australia at 29 or 30. And So where was first stop on the, on the comedy? I got invited to the Edinburgh Festival uh, in the New Zealand Showcase, which is ridiculous because I'm clearly... I'm, Not. Yeah. <laughs> born and bred in they New just, South Wales. They saw ah, Northern Beach is close enough. Yeah, may as well. There's enough Kiwis there. Same, same. Um, and it was unreal. And she's a bouncer. <laughs> we, Probably Maori. We're going to need oh. someone yeah. to make sure we don't get the shit kicked out of us every night. Um, it was, they they needed an extra person. Um, and I'd worked with two of the guys down at Melbourne Festival. And they said, why don't you just come along? So the room was paid for, the, the performing room. All the advertising was paid for. Literally, all I had to do was get myself there and find myself somewhere to stay. And as it turned out, my best mate had moved to Edinburgh and just happened to be living on the third floor of the building that our venue was in. So we were in the caves, which is the basement floor, and he was on the third floor. Now, unfortunately, because it's Edinburgh, it wasn't as simple as just walking up a set of stairs. I actually had to walk around the block and up two flights of, like, up an entire city block to get to, to home. But so free accommodation, free everything else. And, you know, you don't need to eat when there's alcohol in something like Edinburgh. When you're drinking Guinness, there's no need for food. Yeah, and let's face it, is the food that good anyway? It's not. <laughs> I had to laugh. I walked into a shop and I was like, mate, I'm dying. I need vegetables of some kind. And I'm not I'm not the healthiest eater, but I was. I needed something green. I said, mate, anything, fruit, veg. This guy goes, oh, you're Australian, aren't you? <laughs> oh, like, wow. Yeah, like apparently that's something we do. We ask for fruit and vegetables over in uh, Scotland. You like your fresh food, do yeah, you? Oh, you Australians with your vitamins Snob. and your... <laughs> yeah, snobs. Yeah, yeah. Actually, and that's the other thing when I said I'm going to have to have to go and buy some multivitamins and everyone went, ooh, vitamins, is it? And I was like, well, how do you say it? It's vitamins, apparently. Oh, vitamins. Yeah, otherwise ooh, you're a snob. Vitamins. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember once I got down to London, um, I joined a gym because I need to burn off a fair amount of energy every day, otherwise people get hurt. And I, I was I was lifting weights, and I, I the chick who worked at the gym came over to have a chat to me, and I said something about vitamins, and she also went, nee. I was like, oh, come on. And I said, oh. Okay, so... Uh, we're uh, going to interrupt the vitamin chat there <laughs> because... Uh, Why, Barno? Why are we interrupting it? Oh, we just went on for about <laughs> probably another 25 minutes. I reckon so. I was talking about, you know, true love. I'd, I'd brought Shakespeare into it. Yeah, um, look, I believe I, I referenced Chaucer twice. I, I and think, then what happened? I think I do look at life differently <laughs> now you've you've explained it that way. Um, but obviously, we're not going to go over that crap again. Um, unfortunately, we had uh, a technical issue where the card I'm recording onto uh, was full. Tires. So Buy another card. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so. Or just delete the other shit yeah, off the or, card. Yeah, or don't be a hoarder, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. I did, there's no, I've got four copies of everything else that was on the card. I don't know why. I hey, do you do that? I have... I've got like a massive hard drive that's got like three terabytes in it and I have everything on there. And then I've got a couple of other like one terabyte hard drives where I've got TV shows. And, and I just know, even though I'm taking all these special precautions to back everything up to four different bloody hard drives, I just know that I'm going to lose everything one day. It's all going to get wiped. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Just there's going to be like just some like freak a mag- magnet's going to land on my yeah. roof. 
Like this, oh, there's a storm. Oh, the magnet from next door gets. Uh... Because I keep all in the same space. It's not, it's not like I take one to a mate's house. No. Go here, you keep a copy. I actually had a mate who, um, years ago, he uh, he'd got been broken into and had his computer and everything stolen, his hard drives and everything stolen. And he's <gasps> my heart just actually dropped out. Oh, of my, like well, whoa. he he too had done. He 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 he's like a writer, a part time writer, and like oh, he, so he'd written a whole novel that no. he hadn't. Like it was in about second draft form, so he hadn't quite got it to where he wanted to send it off, but lost the whole thing. So now, um, and I'm not sure if he still does it now that we have cloud backups, Yeah. but um, he used to uh, carry a USB around his neck (laughs) with his most important work on it. Yeah, he didn't look like a nut job at all. No, like he did just be under his shirt or whatever. But I had to laugh. I got a new phone the other week and um and I rang up Telstra to say, oh, I don't know, are you advertising people? <laughs> That's who I'm with, good people at Telstra. Um, I rang up... Proud sponsor. Just to say, uh, hey, my phone's about to crap itself. Because you know how you know when your mobile's just about to die? Like it starts, you have to reset it all the time and it's, you know, it, it's not ringing out loud and you get messages to say, and I'm like, oh. I know it's time to replace my phone when the good people at Apple release the new one. <laughs> and it's time. See, I'm not, I'm one of those people that if my shit still works, I'm not replacing it. I've got a TV that's 20 years old. So I'm like, well, why would I replace it? It still works fine. It doesn't matter that I can't see high def. It doesn't matter that things are now recorded in multi layers and it's trying to get through my shitty little speaker. I don't care. It still works. I'm not throwing it out. It, it doesn't matter that you had to buy a set top box, probably <laughs> at the same expense that it would have been just to get it. I have a Foxtel unit and a set top box and I watch everything through those and a hard drive, which I have to, I had to buy I'd a love uh, to media see Net- player. I'd love to see Netflix on a CRT. Oh man. It's just, I don't even bother. I, it would have to be through my computer or nothing. But I, I so I rang Tilson and said, look, my phone's about to crap itself. What can you do for me? They worked out how much I spend. And they went, oh, you can, have the, you can have the new Samsung 7 if you like. And I went, oh, great. When's my contract up? And the chick goes, oh, today. Great. I'll have someone from the business Timey. people. Yeah, I know. What are, the, what are the odds that I call up on the day? Mm. And I realized later that night when all of the things that I had registered on on, that, on the phone when I had got it expired that night. <laughs> like it really was exactly two years. Anyway, the dude from the business center calls me the next day. And, uh, and as I'm chatting away to him, he goes, uh, so how about an Apple phone? I went, nope, don't want an Apple phone. Whoa. I know. I know. The good people at Apple will not be happy to hear that. As you stare at my eyes. <laughs> I know. Look at you with your bloody everything's so pristinely white. It's not but, a cult. It's just better. <laughs> it's totally a cult. But uh, my problem is that I have so much music. Music really does keep me breathing. I've got so much of it that my iPod recently died and they don't make massive iPods anymore. They only make... The 160 gigas, no more. You can't. You can only buy them on eBay. No, they want everyone to go over to Apple Music at this point. Yeah, and that's and they can bite me. That's not going to happen. Mm. So I said to the guy, "That's my problem. I, I don't. You know, my iPod died, and I want to put all my music on a phone, but I refuse. Like because they won't make iPods anymore, and they're making me go to an iPhone is the reason I will not do it. And he goes, "Oh well, if you, how about you use the cloud?" And I said, "No, because I tour all the time, and as soon as you leave the city lights, essentially." You can't get, you haven't got coverage. You can't get into the cloud. Not only that, but the, they give you, for the cloud, they give you five gig to start with. Yeah. And my That's phone nothing. doesn't back up to that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got somewhere in the vicinity of, I don't know, 100, 120 gig of music. Like yeah. lots of music. There's no way. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm on the road all the time. And the guy goes, oh, what do you do? I said, I'm a performer. I don't really need to go into it. That makes me sound like I could be like a legit actor or something. You know? Yeah, it's all show business. <laughs> I don't tell dirty jokes in pubs. Shut up. You're not my real mum. Uh, and so as he's about to go and get all the contract, you know, when they have to read you all that kind of security bullshit. And he goes, look, just before I, uh, before I uh, put you on hold, are you Julia Wilson, the comedian? <laughs> oh, wow. I know. And I go, uh, and every time anyone says to me, oh my God. Thank God you asked that before you put me on hold. <laughs> you would have seemed like a real dickhead if you put me on hold and asked after. Wouldn't have got your answer. The, the amount of times people go, oh my, they confuse me for Julia Morris. And I am yes. the least like Julia Morris comedian that has ever walked the earth, right? Like it's just, you could not get more different human beings than me and Julia Morris. So when yeah, he goes, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, there's not uh, nothing. We have no crossovers at all. We both have vaginas. That's the that's the end of the comparison. No, uh, allegedly. <laughs> exactly. I've not seen hers, but I definitely have one. And my first name is Julia. Her first name is Julia, and that really is it. So when he goes, "Are you Julia Wilson, the comedian?" 
my brain goes, oh, he thinks I'm Julian Morris. Because <laughs> I've been booked for gigs where I'm like, they think they're getting Julian Morris. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm like, oh, I'll, t- I'll take you a couple of thousand bucks. I don't care. I t- I've t- you know you're booking Julia Wilson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're looking for. We've watched your TV spots. I just still think you're talking about mm. someone else. <laughs> like Were they heavily edited for swear words? <laughs> Did you hear a lot of beeping by any chance? No. So I'm, I'm, I laugh and I go, uh, and I think, no, no, it's, he's got my file in front of him. Like it doesn't, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm Julia Wilson, the comedian. And he goes, oh my God, you wait until I go home and tell my wife I'm talking to someone famous as I'm sitting at the end of my the breakfast bar in my parents' home where I live now because I look after my dad, <laughs> sitting in my tracky dacks, a t-shirt and eating last night's Thai green curry while I'm talking to him, I'm snuffing down food. I'm like, yep, that's me, super yeah, look, famous. That's... Show business is uh, <laughs> it's quite glamorous. Yep, my uh, 1999 Mitsubishi Magna that's just hanging in there with gaff tape and uh, cable ties. We're pretty famous, us two. I was cacking myself. And he goes, oh, oh, please, I'm just going to put you on hold. And then he comes back and he goes, look, please forgive my familiarity, but I have to tell you, you're one of the funniest comedians. I am cacking myself. Please forgive the familiarity. I'm like, you realize that any comedian's like, you know my name. I love you. Like, I was pissing myself. I'm like, mate, it's... He said, I've, I've only been in this country for seven years. And when I first got here, my friend showed me a whole bunch of stand-up comedy clips and you were one of them. And I've watched you and my wife and I've been to see you. And I was just cacking myself. And he said, like, he chucked in a few extra freebies because that's as soon as I go, well, he thinks I'm famous. So what else can you throw in for me there? Uh, I'm just like, uh, what can I, how can I work this to my advantage? Us showbiz types expect yeah, a certain we, level. Of... We don't pay for much. I've got to tell you there, bud. <laughs> so, mostly because we can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because we're driving a shitty old Mitsubishi Magna. So I was cacking myself at the idea of it but that's the thing about comedy like if you you know you can go to another country and gig and i was getting picked up by limousines and then you come back to australia and it's like dad picking you up at the airport going oh yeah you've lost a bit of weight like it's just there's no recognition there's no gary x got that great observation about um you know there's comedy so anticlimactic i say good night and then i just go stand over there (laughs) (laughs) thank you and good night and it is it's that's so, it. like, yeah, as people walk out, hey, thanks, that was nice. I remember, though, my very first gig was at the basement in Sydney, and I, it was in front of 400 people. I'd never even thought about doing stand-up comedy before, and I'd gotten really drunk at the basement with uh, one of my best mates who was running the merch stand for a blues guitarist called Jeff Lang, and the two of us just got drunk as 15 monkeys. It was a very good night. And the boys at work had been, when I was a bouncer, had been hassling me to give stand-up a go. Because you know how when you, when you if, if you've ever worked in a bar, you sit around and have staffies at the end of the night? Everyone just sits around and tells stories and stuff like that. And so we're sitting around and, and you start telling war stories like, yeah, I threw this bloke out tonight and blah, 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 blah. And then I realized it, the story started out with me talking to one or two people and finished up with everybody that was left over, all the bar staff, all the security staff, all sort of everyone would stop. Yeah, and you end up holding court. Yeah. And kind of, and the guys are like, oh, you got to get on stage. And I'm like, ah, oh, piss off. I'm not getting up on stage and doing that. Anyway, I'm at the basement, blind, rotten, drunk with my mate. And there's an ad for raw comedy on the wall. And he's like, you should do that. I'm totally not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, to, to shut him up, we got back to my place still boozing on. We go, <laughs> He goes, look, look, Royal Comedy. Looks it up online. Here, look, you can enter online. And I still don't know whether he filled out the details and pressed enter or I filled out the details and he pressed enter or what happened. But the next morning when I woke up with like a Cyclone 10 hangover, I woke up to the phone ringing with the chick from, um, I think Access were running it back then, saying, hey, we got your application for Raw Comedy overnight. You're on in two weeks. I uh, just and, have uh, five minutes of material ready. <laughs> and Julia Morris. Yeah, yeah. Is, she's, uh, she's the one who filled out this. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, I go on stage at the basement. I've, I've, I had no – I literally called all of my mates from the pub that I worked with that had said you should give stand-up comedy a go. I said, you're all coming around to my house for barbecue. When I sat them all down. I went, right, you're the ones who told me I should do this. Tell me one thing I've ever said that was funny because I need I need a five-minute act. I need I need material. So I jotted down like a little set list. And when I got to the basement, the green room, you think it's going to be this gorgeous, big, palatial, like, you know, the basement is a rock star venue. At least some food hanging about, yeah. that sort of stuff. It is smaller than your office is here, mate. It's it's like three metres by, Obviously, I reckon. Obviously, this is palatial. <laughs> what, what is this, three by three? Uh... Roughly, I think, yeah. You Maybe a little... You didn't build it, did no, you, mate? I didn't build <laughs> if it. If you built I, it, you'd uh, have known that. I did buy the carpet for it, so... <laughs> that was the most I, heterosexual I thing it's... I've ever heard anyone... I did uh, pick the decor, actually. No, I didn't pick it. <laughs> I uh, I chose what they had uh, an end of run left over. <laughs> in, in Bunnings. 
No, not in Bunnings. I went to a proper carpet store where they have offcuts. Fancy. I bet you take vitamins. (laughs) Proper offcuts of uh, carpet (laughs) you've got on this The basement's got like a three by two backstage area with the original wallpaper that people have just drawn cock and balls all over like there's there's 15 generations of musicians drawing cock and balls over so i'm backstage just going i'm about to go on stage at the basement now i'm a massive blues fan and the people that have played at the basement aretha franklin's played there bb king's played there ray charles has played there so i'm i'm freaking out that i'm about to go and stand on the same carpet square as my musical heroes who the fuck do I think I am? I'm going to go out there and tell dirty little jokes about being a, an aggressive, slutty, bouncing accountant. Like I'm, I'm no, like, your material's come up a long way. <laughs> My personality hasn't changed, so I figured why change the material? Yeah. <laughs> I go out on stage, I'm looking at the carpet and I'm completely psyched out by the fact that this is like the, all of my favourite people. And then I kind of looked up and I just went, oh, fuck, there's 400 people looking at me. I should probably say something. And then I, you know, bust into my set and had an absolute cracker the first night and won the, the night. And... That's, um, I think that's one of the of things like i don't know there's certain people um that i feel like i don't know how you would have been had that not gone well the first i would have just i would never have done it again i was exactly the same it's how i imagine drugs to be because you know people go like that first time you have ecstasy so fucking good that you just every time you have ecstasy after that you're hoping that first well i've never taken drugs so for me that's how i apply it i was it was so good that if it had sucked balls i'd have gone tick that's off my list it's about it's how i imagine um it's almost like you've found out you've got a superpower. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God, I didn't realise I could do this. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, as a single girl who's out there kind of hunting the scene. Oh, you I, tell me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, if you have to shave your legs one more time, it's just so much easier. You can just troll from the stage. Like, there are some nights <laughs> where my mouth is talking, but in my head, I'm just going, hee, fishy, 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 as I'm mentally throwing Burley out into the audience. That's funny because I've said to a few comedians, I reckon I would have been. I I didn't start until I was married, and I had I had one kid already. Um, but I I often have said to people, I would have been a horrible comic if I'd started when I was single because I just would have looked around the room and just found the 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 best looking girl and go, oh, I wonder what she thinks is funny, and just would have spent <laughs> and the rest just of the p- pitch twenty minutes of material. Yeah, at her. and now like I just you can't do that, mate. You can't show too much interest. Yeah, exactly. You just suck balls. Is what I just happened. would have been, I ju- and it just would have been one of those. You know horrible... those jaded comics that you meet at the end of the bar. You'd have been one of those guys. Oh, but it also would have been too. Like that, I I know for me, like the girl I would have looked at would have been someone who wasn't into comedy, someone who dragged her <laughs> along and just was. And She's like, can we just my... go for the break so I can have some more Chardonnay, please? Yeah, exactly. The kind of it's exactly the kind of um the person that would now just be like. Oh, I don't know why this guy's funny. <laughs> so where whereas now like you just go, yeah, yeah, go on stage and you go meh. But I'm I'm spotting. I walk out on stage. And I'm like, man, what have we got here? Here we go. I've been doing it long enough now. Fourteen years I've been doing it now. I've been doing it long enough that I could actually go on stage and do my set without having to mentally engage my brain. So I have little conversations inside my head. And I'm like, oh, good looking blokes. Uh, oh, he's, uh, he looks like he's here with his footy team. That's that's all right. Like all that's happening in my head while my mouth's going. It's, it's, it's all right as long as you don't drink too much before you go on stage and end up, you know when you get so drunk you lose the inner monologue? Yeah, your, like inner, it, your inner monologue becomes, becomes your outer monologue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you've had that and it, we've all like, it, you see it like everywhere you go, like just that, that one girl is like, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? We should get some food. It's just like, <laughs> like you're not talking to anyone but yourself. Yeah, every thought doesn't need to be. Uh, <laughs> One of the verbalized things that I love point. about stand up is that any of that negative self talk in your, you, I, I don't know, you seem like a very put together bloke, yeah, but uh, like. the rest of us humans have these constant chats in inside our head, like, bah, 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 bah. you're going to suck at that. That's not going to work. What are you doing? That kind of stuff. All that goes away when I go on stage. I get an extra rush of adrenaline more to what I normally make, which is a lot. Uh, and I just get complete silence in my head and it's a pure, beautiful, I just get to be in that oh, moment. I wish I had silence in my head when I was on stage. <laughs> oh, really? I, man, I, um, I've had sets where I've... um been thinking about stuff and just then all i've had to say to myself you're talking you need to be listening to what you're (laughs) saying because it's times when i'm not even doing like um not doing material i'm just talking to the crowd oh wow and thinking about other things and i'm just like no you need to engage in you're not good enough to not it's gonna say it was only once i got very comfortable on stage that my brain would go off into the who can i root in the audience monologue but my, one of my favourite things about comedy was that I had this perfect quietness and it was beautiful. Just that I'm in the moment. I'm very rarely in the moment. I loved that about stage. But there was one night I went on stage and just 
just had the Buddhist call it the monkey mind, just that constant chatter in my head about, and it just got too much. And I remember saying out loud, oh, for fuck's sake, and everybody in my head just shut up until I get this done. And I realized <laughs> I've actually said it out loud. Half the audience laughed and the other half kind of did that uneasy, that chick's a bit of a unit and she might actually lose her shit right here in front of us. And I don't want to be in the front row when she kicks off. Like there's that little bit of fear, little bit of, oh, fuck, this could go pear-shaped. And uh, yeah, I was, I, my brain went, you idiot. <laughs> I remember being at a... Um at an open mic night early on and i think i was even just watching like it was when i was just i just started and i decided to get to go along to a lot and just see what it's about and get into it and um we're at, at the the roxbury at, lovely uh, venue old comedy on the rocks and there was this open mic guy on stage doing his thing and he was holding the microphone in one hand and beer in the other and he was a bit <laughs> unbalanced and uh sounds good already he's, he's talking about something and it doesn't like not really getting any laughs. He's quite like it's quite obvious that he's he's not not super stable, um, and I'm not sure it was a character. But um, <laughs> at one point he just says, "Hold on a second, I've got to scratch my head," <laughs> and he puts his beer on the floor, Fuck. stands up with the microphone, scratches his head, and then leans down, picks up his <laughs> oh, beer, and starts dear. talking. And I was like, "This is like it was one of those perfect ones where you're like." Oh, Wow, this yeah, this is gonna go somewhere. This guy's oh no, he's just scratching his head. Yeah, he's just scratching his head. <laughs> and it's like he doesn't realise he could put the beer down and, and keep talking. Yeah, he doesn't into the, the other hand. Yeah, it's gold. I love watching stuff like that. It's very cool. So, Bless him. Yeah, the open mic scene is. Uh, <laughs> I I forgot because I got to work at, at a, such a high level when I was away. When I I came back and I sort of got asked to you know in Australia you you, you make your bread and butter by headlining nights like that. You know, you get paid well, but there's a bunch of people on the bill who aren't so great. And then you sit there in the audience and you're like, oh, Jesus, this is awful. Yeah. Or you see like people that are amazing and you go, oh, I've got to pull this guy aside before he, get, before he leaves the venue and go, dude, don't listen to anyone else. Keep doing what you're doing. That's amazing. Like that's, that's, that's and that, that is the mixed bag of those, those nights where you, you really, there really is that, um, it's almost the purity of the night like that in that you could see almost anything happen. Yeah. I remember going, uh, I was headlining a um, an alternative comedy night and I've always thought, what's the fucking... Alternative yeah, comedy? Yeah, what's the Who's calling it that? <laughs> Surely the alternative to comedy is philosophy or or just people talking just, into a... Mo- yeah. I, I don't know. I, but Not I was, laughing. Yeah, so I went along and I was like, this could be anything. And there was a, they had a regular crowd who went along to see what would happen because literally anything could happen. And I'm standing there and like, I'm not a massive art wanker in terms of, Hey, let's be respectful to our art form because people like, you know what? Just do your fucking job. Like we've all got a job to do. The reason that we all have jobs is, uh, we work in pubs, they sell booze. So be respectful to the bar staff, be respectful to the people who book you, especially be respectful to the audience. But you know, this is a business. Make sure you're funny, make sure you're sober, do your time, get the fuck off because somebody else has to come on after you or you're the end of the show. People have to go home. Like just be smart. Because if people have a shit house night, they're not going to come back. And if they don't come back, none of us have a job. So to me, it's very, it's very cut and dried. Yeah. But I'm watching, there's a whole bunch of people that have come along just to see what kind of train wreck's going to happen. And the first guy gets up and just starts talking about, he, 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 he's trying to play some weird persona where he's going, oh, I play computer games in my room at night and the demon comes and talks to me. And when he puts his hand on my shoulder, I turn around and his red eyes are glaring at me. And I'm standing side of stage just going, oh, fucking get off. Mate. Like I, yeah. I'm already, it's the first act. And I'm going, oh, Jesus, I'm going to punch someone tonight. I can feel it. And so he he uh, he luckily exits the other side of stage. So as we cross, I can't go, what the fuck was that? Anyway, he, he goes off. And the next guy gets up. And uh, it's been a while since I've been doing stand-up comedy uh, and you know what I miss? I miss being heckled. What a shame we can't heckle in real life. And then he jumps down off the stage, sits in the audience and starts heckling himself as himself and then goes off to heckle his dad. Why did you leave us, dad? Why did you? And I'm just going, oh, this is awful. Mum, why can I hear you fuck men in the other room now that dad's gone? There was no humour in it. There was no comedy in it. It was just like watching somebody's breakdown in a counselling session. And I felt, I was just going, oh, this poor audience, this poor fucking audience. Another guy gets up whinging about how he can't get a girlfriend and how that's all women are bitches. And by this stage, I'm like, I'm going to take a hostage. Yeah. Finally, someone talking some truth. (laughs) Dropping the truth bombs. (laughs) And I'm just going, I will punch on with all. I was really getting annoyed. And so finally, after four or five of these just woeful acts, okay, ladies and gentlemen, you've waited all night for your headliner. Please welcome to the stage, Julia Wilson. I walked on like to just the most 
unenthusiastic smattering. Yeah, slow clap from everybody. They're all just like, oh, Christ, what are you going to do? And I walked out and I said, okay, guys, you've all paid good money to come in. Um, and I will get to the jokes in just a second because that is technically what we're meant to be doing. But just before I do, <laughs> just rip, I'm like, you, demon-eyed boy. You know what? Move out of your fucking mum and dad's house and maybe get some sun on your fucking ah. face. Now you, blah, 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 blah. Have some vitamin C and fucking take some day. And you, of course you can't get a girlfriend. You're 22. No one can get a girlfriend. And just tore shreds off every single one of the other acts, especially the guy with the uh, with the counselling. Like, you know what, buddy? Fuck out for a fucking therapist. That's what everyone else has to do, you whiny little prick. Now, blah, blah, blah. Right, now, jokes. And then just really aggressively delivered my act. And the audience were pissing themselves with just, oh, thank Thank God. Thank God someone's actually told some jokes, but I, I just couldn't get over. I'd forgotten how, how very crap that kind of uh, up and coming nights can be. It's yeah. And it's funny. Cause like some of those rooms, like you go to that, we go to those nights and sometimes there is, that is that they're the nights where I'll be interested to watch just in case. Sometimes you just see that one Genius. person who just shines and it is something really different Yeah, where they couldn't probably, they they're getting the space there to do it that they wouldn't get in most other rooms. Yeah, but that's that's often the rare thing. You know what I mean? For the every price you pay is sitting through a guy heckling his dad who's not on stage. Yeah, and while everyone every... else shifts uncomfortably in their chairs. For every one true like truly sort of inspired thing you see, you sit through. 40 impersonators of the inspired thing. Oh, right? man, it's hilarious. I just remember going, you know, every single one of these guys could use some vitamin C and sun on their face. Fair dinkum. I was just going, oh, I've had enough, you whiny little pricks. Which is which is interesting too sometimes in those in those nights where um you get you get stuff like that where they're the they're the misfit everywhere else and so they're going up to talk about they're the they are the misfit. But <laughs> realistically in that lineup when everyone's the misfit, yeah. The misfit in the lineup is the person who's it's me who's got my shit together. Adjusted. Yeah. yeah. That's what I remember saying to one of them. As I was driving my car on the way here, which I own because I've got a fucking job. Like I was yeah. just so all this like when I play computer games at home my mum yells at me. I'm like, you're a growing man, of course she should be yelling at you. Get off your fucking ass. <laughs> No, I, I I find it interesting. Like, and look, I don't begrudge those. Oh God, no! Those I just don't want to listen to it. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, my a lot of a lot of that stuff now falls into the for me is just like, eh, it's not for me. Yeah. That's eh, not for me. I'll, I'll. It's something I enjoy watching in a comedy audience when you see audience members go. I don't like this comedian, no matter who it is, no matter how good they are. There's always going to be someone who doesn't like them. Yep. And a good comedy audience will go, oh, I'll just wait until someone else comes on. Yeah. But it's the people who have only been to see comedy two or three times. It's go, but I don't like them. I don't, no. you t- I don't You're like funnier it. than them, Barry. Yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff where you're, you're standing side of stage going, oh, no, no, no. You just need that one vocal per- person in the audience to ruin it all. Or that one, I had one uh, not that long ago, this bloke who just thought I was hilarious and laughed so fucking loudly that it actually put everybody else off. Like he, he started to laugh in such massive amounts and so loud and so over the top that the rest of the audience thought that I'd planted him there. Uh, and it, it started to get like, I'm like, have you been outside your house before, mate? Like you've, you've been, you've seen humans talk, right? This is one of the interesting things. Cause like uh, on the surface, everyone just says, Oh, you know, comedians, you, all, all they want to do and all you really want to do. And I, we tell ourselves, all you really want to do is make people laugh. Not quite true because you're making that guy laugh, but you, the what you really want, and this is this is probably an insight into just the how into your brain? sociopathic <laughs> a pursuit it is, is you actually just want control over when they're laughing because there's nothing <laughs> yeah, more stop, annoying. Stop now! Stop laughing. People laugh like it is. It is one of those things. It's it's almost a bit off-putting when they're laughing at stuff you don't really want them to laugh at. Like if they start laughing in the setup, yeah, you're like, dude, you... you're ruining it for everyone. Stop. Shut up. Just settle, guys. There's a payoff to this joke. Yeah, yeah. Don't lose all. Because realistically, like what you're trying to do is build the tension yeah and then release the tension if that's just it's like a slow leak that's going through the whole and this guy got himself you know that when you get so worked up you can't stop laughing like he had tears running down his face and i wasn't it was i wasn't that funny like there was something not quite right about this like it wasn't that i was being hilarious he just found whatever i was talking about massively funny and in the end i had to say mate i I feel like we're kind of at we're at odds here in that my job is to get up here and be funny, but I feel if I keep going, I'm actually going to kill you. Like he, he he couldn't breathe, and I was going, "Can someone? Does he have a carer? Can someone take him outside and get him some oxygen or something?" Like it just it got really really weird. And that and that's the, that's and that's what I mean. Like you, 
you kind of want it, you want to be able to make people laugh, but you want to be able to make people laugh when you want them yeah, to laugh. Not, yeah. not monkey just, boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah, and it, like that's probably a, a little jaded a, a view of it, but the, in in reality, like, that's exactly if what we it go is. down to our most base selfish needs out of this whole pursuit, that's that's exactly what it is. Now. Back to uh, back to a few, I suppose, some of the crowd work questions that I oh, use. Okay, we're, we're recording this on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. What'd you get up to on the weekend? What did I do on the weekend? I'm footy. noticing your jumper. Yeah, footy training. Um, so footy I, training. Because I'm a lady, um, I play full contact American football, uh, which is what all women at 41 do. Um, so I play gridiron. Well, obviously. <laughs> what, at 41? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. i tell you what, it would have been a great sport for me at 21. The aggression you can let out would have been wonderful, except I might have killed somebody back then. Yeah, what, if, what would you have done for a job, though, if you let all <laughs> your aggression out? I do remember my boss getting annoyed at me because I was doing kickboxing back then. And when I was training and kickboxing four nights a week before I'd go to work, my boss was like, I don't like this. You're not as aggressive. You've just been punching a kickbag for two hours. You're not... You're not as much good to me like on the nights that I wasn't training. He goes, this Julia I prefer. I'm like, wow, hardcore. Uh, yeah, so I play gridiron. So I train a bit of footy. Um, what else did I do? Oh, I watched the Wallabies get thrashed by England. That's always great. Ugh. Gee, that's fun. I watch it with my dad these days. He's 84 and he is the funniest person I've ever met, including every comedian I've ever met. So he, listening to him, he doesn't even realize he's commentating a football game, but it is bloody hilarious. Pick the ball up, you bloody idiot! Like he just. My old man um, is like he, rugby is a bit of a rugby tragic, and cannot watch a rugby game without yelling at the television. Oh, is he possible? Like Thank God a, our neighbours are also union fans. Otherwise, we'd have the cops call. Oh, my father is constantly appealing to the referee. <laughs> Sir, yeah, sir, he's been doing it all day, sir. Oh, come on, I sir. I love too that even though you, you like one, it's stupid to be appealing to a guy who can't hear you, <laughs> but respectfully yeah, appealing yeah. to the guy whose decision you think is a load of shit. Yeah, yeah, that's actually something I love about Union. Oh, sir, that's fucking bullshit. You're just like, you, you can't say sir and fucking bullshit in the same yeah, sentence. Exactly. It's, like it's just they're exactly. at odds with each other. I remember uh, uh, auditioning for a TV commercial where uh, it was for the Rugby World Cup a couple of years ago and they needed um, people that were in the middle of the screen that were watching. The whole premise was we were watching the TV up in the corner of the pub, drinking beers, and we're watching Australia play New Zealand uh, and something happens. The ref can't see exactly what it is and the cameras didn't pick it up, but some kid has picked it up with his phone camera. I remember this ad. Yeah, I was in that ad. I believe it was a Samsung ad, maybe. I think it was, actually. God, isn't that terrible? Yeah, look at you still yeah, repping the Yeah, look at me still, yeah. Hey, I left for a while, but I've come back now. I saw the error of my ways. Uh, and when they were casting the ad, um, the casting director goes, okay, so guys, here's what we want. And I don't know, do you go for many auditions? No, no, I've been for two in my life. It's and, hilarious. Uh, how many ads have you seen me in? I'm going to say none, but I don't watch a lot of TV. You may have got both of them. No, I don't. didn't get either of them. <laughs> so the casting director usually have a very artistic view of what they want to do. Can I just point out to one of them, I'm pretty sure I was the only one auditioning. Still didn't get it. <laughs> How do you lose a game? A race of one and I lost. I didn't I, even come first. And then. I knew in the room too. That the guy didn't... went from like, hey, we just need to get something on tape. You know, we love you. To we just, just get something on probably tape. probably going to go in a different direction. To, look, I need to show that to the guys <laughs> and they'll decide and we'll let you know. And I was just like, oh, okay, this sounds a lot less... Uh, <laughs> less in the bag than it was when I walked in. This sounds a lot less certain than That's about uh, just before I read these lines to you. This guy, um, he's, he's, so they, they're often quite artistic, the guys that are casting it, right? Because that's their job. It's all about the art. Except that, that there's a, there's a client at the end. So an advertising agency has written a brief. They hire a casting agency and the casting agent looks through, I don't know, 40, 50 people who fit the headshot profile. Casting, yeah, the vague outline of what yeah, they're looking Yeah, you for. need to be this tall, have this colour hair and be a woman or a man. Like it's Look really... like you'd be in a pub shouting in a TV about a rugby, lo- yeah, a and rugby union To decision. be fair, that's got me written all over it. Mm. Um, with possibly putting a foot through a TV occasionally too. Uh, and then, so they do all the casting. They palm that off to the, uh, to the advertising agency. The advertising agency cuts something roughly together and show it to the client. And the client then decides who they want to go with. And then they shoot the actual commercial, right? So I know that the client doesn't want what their casting director is asking for. Because he's read it out to me. He's read the brief out. 
We've got people standing in the pub on a Saturday afternoon, catching up, drinking beers, watching the rugby. This is what happened. They all appeal to the TV. The ref didn't catch it. Kid caught it on his phone. I'm like, okay, no worries. So, and action. And now I'm, I'm acting with two other dudes. And so I never once make eye contact with the guy next to me. I've got my eye on the TV, which is exactly how you watch footy at the pub. Yes. You never, ever stop and look at your mate and go, so how was your week, you know, Gareth? How are things going? Unless you both go for the chips at the same time (laughs) and accidentally brush it off. And then it's kind of weird. And you have to give that (laughs) sort of face to each other. But at no stage, so the casting directors, you know, nominated one of us to walk back with a round of drinks. Anyway, I'm looking at the TV. He's gone, okay, and cut. Now, Julia... Loved what you were doing, but if you could just do it completely differently and uh, can I get you to, I need you to really engage with those guys. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't reckon that's how that would go. And he goes, I beg your pardon. And I said, just, that's not how it would go. Like in a real, we're actually in a pub. If, if I went out drinking with my mates, my mates on a Saturday and I stopped and looked at one of them in the eye and tried to engage in the conversation while the footy was on, they would either tell me to fuck off or make me go sit on the other side of the pub. Like, yeah. There's just no way that you would have one of those mates in your circle. And he goes, okay, I'll make you a deal. We'll do it one time my way and one time your way. And I'm like, okay, no worries. I ignore people who aren't interested in the footy when I'm watching the footy. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, Why are you even here? Why are you in the pub on a Saturday afternoon, you idiots? So we did it my way. We did it his way. Anyway, I got the call back, right? Cool. Because the client had said, those people, those four people are the people that we want. So we all get cast. Now, because it's an All Blacks game that they're um, that the, this is set for, yep. they've got me, they've got a Maori guy and an Australian guy, right? So the Aussie girl, Maori guy, Australian guy. Oh, and I love how they work in yeah, advertising. Because we need one of each, guys. Yeah, exactly. We need People we... only go out in groups of threes and never with anyone that looks exactly like them. And I don't know what happened to the fourth bloke who got cast, but he, he got lost along the wayside. I'm like, ah, well. And then they had all these different extras, right? So what they did on the day, they've decked us out. I'm in my Wallabies jersey with so much makeup on. I think my face is going to crack. The poor Maori fella's covered in makeup as well. He cl- looked so uncomfortable. Australian bloke, he's a you know regular actor. He's used to being covered in makeup. <laughs> and then they bring in all of these extras and place them around us as if we were at the actual pub. Now, we're all given beers with the instruction that we are not to drink them at any stage. Otherwise, we're going to get sued for the cost of the ad because it's to be shown all throughout the day and you can't be seen to be drinking alcohol on Australian TV at midday. You're only allowed to be seen to be drinking after whatever time of the day it is. So you're not, you can hold a beer to... So- between takes, you're all good though. <laughs> Smash it out, but it's make flat sure the warm continuity. Beer. <laughs> make sure the continuity girls on a or guys on their uh, game. But what I can't believe is so they've got all these extras, and the director goes right. You three, that's where I want you. Right, you're the you're the middle. You're the speaking roles. This is you. Right now, bring me some talls. And I'm kind of like, what's he talking about? And all of a sudden, five or six tall people get you know ushered in. Now bring me some fatties. I'm like what? And they sh- they usher in five or six fat people, <laughs> right now. Bring me some. Were you in the like? Were you filming an ad, or were you in the court of Rome? Like... <laughs> really, I was going. I would like to see some fatties <laughs> for my entertainment. <laughs> and they literally trot the fatties out. I'm like, holy shit! Now bring me some blacks. I mean, dude. At that point, I was like, you cannot say that. And he goes, I'm the director. I can say what I want. I'm like, you cannot call people tall, fat, and black. Like, you just can't. He goes, not all at once. They're three separate groups. <laughs> he goes, he goes, Julia. Let me tell you, there's only a few. Domains in this world where you can still call people what they are, and me being a director is one of them. And I was just like, "Holy shit!" And not one person batted an eyelid. The fatties didn't mind being called fatties. The black people didn't mind being called blacks. And I'm just like, "This is gonna people are gonna start See, swinging." That's this where is gonna I'd be. be. That's where I'd be in trouble. Like they come to me, like you go, "Bring me the tools," and I'd be like, oh, "Here I go." And then they go, "Bring me the fatties," and I'd get, "Oh, they, they must have come late for the last tool." <laughs> Well, you don't want me to stand over there with yeah, the other... Yeah, what's your point, mate? The other tall, slender people? Why do you want me with these short, stout guys Bring me over the here? blacks. I'm like, dude, you cannot say that. Tell me Holy he was talking shit. about all blacks fans. No, actual black people. And they literally trotted in five wow. or six black... Yeah, and I'm just waiting for someone to kick off and go, bro, what you call me? But no one did. I was cacking myself. Because I, you know... And that's a bit of a big deal for an actor to challenge a director. It's kind of not something that you should do if you ever want to work again. But I was like, dude, I can't listen to you do this. You can't call... Fat people, fatties, and black people, the blacks. Like, you just can't. He's like, I can actually. Legally, I can. It's one of the last places that go. I'm like, I think you've researched that a little bit too too yeah, closely. Look, just quietly. Now that my family don't own the cotton farm <laughs> yeah, anymore. Exactly, yeah. I think you'll find from my last court case, I was found not guilty, and it set a precedent that I can say this whenever I want. It's hilarious. 
That is crazy. Yeah, it's weird. But I, I literally got that ad from screaming at the TV. He's been doing it all day, sir. Like it's, that's the, and the guy, when we got to shooting, it goes, you actually watch a bit of rugby, don't you? I was like, yeah, mate, sport. That's my thing. I watch a lot of it. <laughs> that's oh. what I do. So with you, you've been playing, how the hell did you start playing? Gridiron. Gridiron. Well, I've played a shitload of sports over the years. Um, and when I went on the road, you just don't get a chance to play in a team anymore because you're never in anywhere long enough to commit to a season, do anything. So it was just gym for me. It gets a bit boring. When I came back to Australia, dad got crook. How does Jim feel about that? <laughs> Jim Poor does. Jim. Jim does as he's fucking tell. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, dad got crook. So I, I moved back to Sydney to look after him and I was like, well, I'm going to be here for a while. I haven't played a team sport in forever. I wonder what. It's been such a long time. I don't even know what I'm kind of... I used to, I think the sport I'd played last was roller hockey, which is a really violent version of rollerblading. It's like ice hockey and... Uh, I'm sensing a pattern with your yeah, yeah, it's all hobbies. <laughs> yeah, it's the delicacy. That's what it is. And so I was sitting there and I was watching a TV show and uh, it was about gridiron. And I went, oh, I wonder if we even play that here in Australia. And I Googled it. I was like, oh, we do. Do we play it in New South Wales? Oh, we do. And the day I was Googling it was the day they announced there was going to be a women's league. And I was just like, hello, if that's not perfect for me, then I don't know what it is. So just stuck it. And do they need a women's captain for the New South Wales side? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty lucky. They made me captain of the first um, club team that, that I played in. And we won that premiership the first year, which was pretty good. And I uh, haven't won another one in the, in the next two years after that. And then I uh, got picked to play for New South Wales and got to captain New South Wales to two campaigns in a row, which is pretty good. Currently busting my guts trying to get in the Australian team. So what position? You're a line person? Offensive centre. So I play in the middle of the offensive line. I like that line person. <laughs> Linemen. That's what we are. Linemen. Line women sounds a bit odd. My grandfather was a lineman. He uh, during World War Two he laid the community. <laughs> so the, he knows. He knows my pain. Lines. Like yeah. he understands how hard it yeah. is. Yeah. You know what I love is that to be a lineman you need to be a massive unit, right? That's the first. That's the first and foremost. Uh, and you need to have fast feet, and you need to be hard did, to knock did, over. Did your director from the ad um, also go? <laughs> we need a fatty. Um... <laughs> Bring me a fatty. <laughs> I need a massive unit for the line. <laughs> I need a unit and I need for her to not get upset when she gets smashed in the head over and over and over. So there's lots of head clashes, like constant. It's like being in... I've s- seen concussion. Yeah, well, I haven't. I won't until I finish playing because it sounds terrifying. You're not going to remember it. <laughs> it's like being in 60 slow car accidents a game. Like it's yeah. it's pretty full on. Um, but it was it was funny when I first rocked up. My coach is like, oh, get a Like he was straight off. He's like, yep, you need to play in my team. I was going, yeah, okay. And I honestly knew nothing about the game. I didn't know the rules. I'd never even watched a, uh, a Super Bowl at that point. Oh. So, yeah, didn't have a clue. Didn't understand that offense are the people who have the ball. Uh, it took me until our, yeah, it took me like a couple of weeks. Where's in. this fence everyone talks about? I'm on the offense. <laughs> I couldn't understand because in my head, if you're defense and you're defending the ball, you've got the ball. So it took me a while to work out <laughs> that offense <laughs> are the one who have the ball and they get four turns to go 10 yards. Like it took until someone explained it to me like that before I even understood what the game was about. And, uh, and it really makes me laugh when, um, when I, when I meet people who don't know much about the game, but have kind of seen it be played and I go, oh, what, what do you, you, you play gridiron? I'm like, yeah, you know, the person who starts with the ball, who throws it back to the quarterback and then stands up and smashes somebody. Well, that's me. <laughs> that's my job. And occasionally when my team's low on numbers, I have to play on defense and I'm the middle linebacker. Who's the, the angry one in the middle of the... Um, trying to get to the quarterback. Yeah, trying to kill everybody. So that's that's my job. Two fairly large. But I had a, uh, a bit of a health scare a couple of weeks ago. And as I was as we we're talking at the top about living on the northern beaches, I went to... Uh, my doctor was like booked up for weeks and weeks. So I went to the local medical centre. And they tested uh, all my blood levels and my heart and all that kind of stuff. When I went to get the results back, I had a doctor who'd never seen me before, didn't know anything about my background or how much sport I played. Now, to put it in context, I'm in the gym four or five times a week. I'm at footy training two or three nights a week. I'm massively strong. I'm a massive unit as well, but I am like, I'm pretty fit for a big chick. (laughs) And I go along to this, to get these results from this doctor. And he goes, yeah, look, everything's perfectly normal. If you just drop five or 10 kilos, I'm sure uh, your uh, surging blood pressure will just be fine. And I went, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. And the doctor goes, I beg your pardon. If you just focus and write out a meal plan and really try quite hard, it will actually be quite easy. And I said, oh, no, mate, I, I didn't say it can't happen. I said it's not going to happen. Um, I am very specifically this size and, and weight uh, for the sport that I play, and I won't be losing any weight. What, what else you got? And he said, but 
Uh, and you could see he's completely perplexed that there's Listen, a woman. Listen, motherfucker, give me some blood thinners so I can get <laughs> exactly. out of here. Exactly. You could see him looking going, is this a woman on the northern beaches who doesn't want to lose five kilos? Are you kidding me? And I said, mate, I've I've been I've been a, cracking the ton for 20 years. Like, I've been a big girl for 20 years. Blood pressure's never been a problem until two weeks ago. So something's changed. What else you got? And he, he was just, like, completely fabulous. And he said, well, do, you're going to have to give up smoking then. I said, I don't smoke. What else you got? And he's like, oh, do you drink? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, then you have to give that up. And he was just so annoyed. You've got to give something up. Yeah, something must change, you little fatty bumbalada. <laughs> Jeez, it made me laugh. He was just, he couldn't comprehend that there was a chick going, no, nah, no, I'm, I'm good with my weight. Thanks. What else What else can you do to sort this problem out? <laughs> you could see him. And at the time, he was like, you know, you could really, if you just focus on it. And I kind of gave him that look up and down because he was a little fat fucker as well. I was like, is it how tough is it then, mate? <laughs> like, how about you give it a crack? <laughs> if if I focus on it, yeah, sure, sure. Chance. Yeah, you focus on it. You put the fucking fork down and focus see if you lose that. weight. You want me to focus on my eating, mate? I'm doing this as a hobby. Yeah. You want me to get full time? I reckon I can get real big. At the beginning of every season, I um I I trim off a bit of weight because in the off season you don't you know you're not you know you're doing all the running and the, oh, the fitness stuff. I'm not. I'm not doing anything. In the, I'm, I'm healing at 41. I'm healing in the off season. But at the beginning of preseason. You know, you drop a couple of kilos, which you end up putting back on in muscle. But every time I start to thin down, my coach goes, what are you doing? You better be eating fucking steak at home, I tell you. You better be getting those beers into you. Put that bloody weight back on, let me tell you. Because it's not really a chick thing to be going, oh, shit, I've lost three kilos. Someone's going to yell at me. I need I need that coach. Yeah, he's a good life. coach. Is, is he available for life coaching? Because I reckon that'd be... <laughs> Barnett, what are you doing, mate? Get some more beers in you. What's all this jogging shit you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> One dinner. One dinner. What are you? Come on, your mouse. Mate. You be getting into those deadlifts and don't you suck off on it. Yeah, I'm talking about repetition, mate. <laughs> the way we do dinners is the way we build big body, uh, big mass. You know, you do. Look, you do heavy weights, you do low repetition, all right? So I want you to have three big dinners. That's it, with lots of beers in between. Yeah. He's a good coach to have. I do love him. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I think we're probably at about time, Julia. Thank you so much for coming out. I'll have you back on the show because um, you and I have a... We're doing uh, a show together, mate. We are doing a show together. Whether you want to or not. Yeah, it's exciting. No, it's a... Andrew Barnett at gunpoint. We got we got the email. We're uh, we're part of the uh, the fringe comedy for Sydney Excellent. Fringe Festival. Um, the show is going to be called Role Reversal, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to write something for it. Me so... too. That's something else we have in common. Yeah, we're gonna we're both at the same point in yeah. preparation for the show. Blank page. Yeah, full pen. But um, so that'll be coming up. So I'll have I'll, I'll definitely get you on later. So we, we can, can thanks for plug that. But uh, thanks very much for coming in, and um, sweet, we'll uh, we'll chat soon. Bye, people. Bye.